I've got a confession to make. Yeah, what's that? I can't stand dog shows. Okay. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I love the dogs. They're fantastic. Right. It, it's the people. It's yeah. the people that show dogs. See, I used to show dogs. Okay. It's unbelievably political. It is the, they're, it's just their cutthroat. They're, they're, they're backstabbers. Yeah. However, there's a new dog show coming. Okay. A new dog show that has new competitions and categories I really think that I can wrap my paws around. Like yeah. best in snoring. Okay, okay. Best in belly rubs. I like that. Okay, so and, now here's a question. And, and, but my absolute favorite okay. is best underbite. <laughs> Good Saturday morning, everybody. I'm Will Bangura. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you're brand new to Pet Talk today, let me tell you a little bit about how this works. Every Saturday from 9 to 10, we do our Facebook Live show, Pet Talk Today, where we take your questions about your dog or puppy's training and behavior issues, and we provide you with answers and solutions. Maybe you've got a dog or a puppy that has a potty training issue. Maybe you've got other nuisance behaviors um, like jumping or barking or destructive chewing or stealing things. Then again, maybe you've got a dog that has more serious problems. Maybe you're dealing with severe separation anxiety. Maybe you've got a dog that has um, other types of fears or phobias. Maybe you've got a couple dogs fighting in the house or you've got a dog that's aggressive towards children or towards strange dogs or towards strangers that come to your home. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what kind of dog you have. It doesn't matter what the... <laughs> It doesn't matter if you're Scooby-Doo. That's right. It doesn't matter how old the dog is. There's no problem that we can't help you with. Hey, I want you guys to say good morning to my sidekick and your co-host, Jordan Marsteller. Well, good Saturday morning. How are you doing? How are you this morning? Will? I'm doing good. Hey, I got a question for you. I got an answer for you. All right. Do you believe in corporal punishment? Yeah, yeah. I well, do. I'll tell you what, the Suns certainly got their ass yeah. kicked last Sunday, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they did. Oh, they did. Unbelievable. Um, you but, know, you know, well, you, uh, it, the Suns, man, I, I would have been okay for us to lose against any other team in that bracket. Yeah. Any other team besides the Mavericks. I hear you. <laughs> any hear other you. team, any other team. Hey, let's get right to it. I think um, we may have, uh, and again, if you've got a question about your dog or you've got a question about your uh, puppy's behavior issues, go ahead and type your question in the comments section. And do us a favor, if you're watching, please hit the like button. And put some comments in the comments section. Let us know where you're watching the show from. Are you in Scottsdale? Are you in Phoenix? Maybe you're in Tucson. Maybe hey. you're outside of Phoenix or even Arizona. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, if you haven't subscribed to the Pet Talk Today podcast, make sure you do that. We are heard in over 80 different countries throughout the world. Um, please share this Facebook Live video on your Facebook page. This is a labor of love for us. Not everybody can afford private in-home training. So this is um, our opportunity to be able to uh, give back to the community. Jordan, do we have any uh, people that are asking questions right absolutely, now? Absolutely, absolutely. We do actually have a question from Keith from Mesa. Hello, Keith from Mesa. How are you doing this morning? Hey, Keith. Thanks for joining us. So... Keith wants to know, how do you potty train, best potty train an adult rescue dog? And you know, Keith, here's the thing. This is one of my favorite things to teach. The reason why, honestly, and this, this might be a little cruel and unusual of me, but it's because it's super extremely inconvenient, but it's so easy. It is so, so, so easy. The first step, Keith, is you have to build a marker for your dog. Now, if you don't know what a marker is, that's just a way for you to inform your dog that food is about to come, that a treat is coming, that they did good, okay? We talk about this a lot in our previous shows. Now, once you have a marker built into your dog, you have to implement a rule known as supervise or confine, okay? Basically, if your dog can't be on leash connected to you, 
you have to put them up in their kennel, all right? The reason for this is so that if your dog goes to the bathroom in the house, you can immediately get them outside to their potty area, and then when they go outside, you mark and reward that behavior, okay? Now, I'm not going to go extremely in-depth, but the basic premise here is if your dog goes potty inside, you redirect outside, take them to their potty spot, and you stand there. Give them 5 to 15 minutes. If they go potty, you immediately, as soon as they get up from going to the bathroom, mark and reward that behavior, okay? Now, start keeping a potty training log so that you can make sure that you are able to start picking up on your dog's specific bathroom regimen when they go potty, when they go poop, when they go pee, when, how often, how many times, are they a single, double, triple dumper? You know, these are important things to know. All right. And once you start picking up on that pattern, you can start taking your dog outside before they have their accident. That way you can reward them for the right thing, correct and redirect for the wrong thing. Now, if you go to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all major podcast platforms, season one, episode 13, I believe, Will? Is it 13 or 14? 16. Oh, it's 16. Look at that. I was Uh, wrong. Season one, episode 16. Yeah, so episode 16 is a 45-minute podcast of the one, the only, Will Bangura explaining Everything that I just told you in much more explicit detail. I think it's about 45, I think it's about 45 minutes yeah. of uh, body training stuff. Hey, I want to go to a question um, from a viewer from last week, and that is um, Robin. So Robin, let's see here. She's got a one-year-old male German shepherd, jumps on people when they come to the door. She says, we've tried keeping, it says tears. I, I know that's not the right word. Uh, some Treats. I think they okay, say yeah, treats. Keeping treats at the door, having him sit, then offering him one for good behavior. But that first worked. We have tried keeping him on a leash and making him sit and making whoever... What does this say? Let's see. Okay. Keeping him on leash and making him uh, sit and make whoever... Oh, my goodness. This is... Do do us a favor, Robin. Kind of retype up that question a little bit for us and make it a little bit easier for us to digest. There's a lot going on here. Um, and I don't know if... I can't exactly see what the question you're asking is. And I'm very sorry about that. I'm going to get into some of this, though, because... Yeah. Um, you're, you're kind of on the right track, and we always want to ask ourselves a question. When there's a behavior with our dogs that we don't like, okay, ask yourself, what would I have the dog do besides that? What would I yeah. rather have the dog do? And so you talked about having the dog sit, which is a good alternative, okay? Um, I'm going to encourage you to get an elevated dog cot, Okay. Um, you can buy them on Amazon. You can go to PetSmart, Petco, go to Ryan's Pet Supply, but get one of these elevated dog cots. They're about two to four inches off the ground. Teach your dog, you can lure with food, teach your dog to get on that cot, teach your dog to stay on that cot. The fact that it's elevated a couple inches, okay, your dog's much more apt to stay there and it's much easier to begin the process of teaching the stay because that elevation's got kind of a psychological cliff effect and there's a great physical barrier that kind of lets the dog know it should stay there because literally, if they're going to break the stay from that dog cot, they have to step off. So it's much more black and white for them. Secondly, um, not only should you be rewarding them uh, for going up there, but what you want to do is proactively begin to do some mild light distraction work with your dog, okay? And if your dog takes the bait and comes off of that elevated dog cot, then what I want you to do is just redirect the dog back on there. Don't give any food reward. When you do distract your dog and the dog doesn't take the bait and the dog doesn't come off that elevated cot, 
then we want you to reward your dog. Okay. So again, being proactive with distractions, because it's always difficult when somebody comes to the door, a new person, because they um, are new, they're novel, they're exciting. Now, the other thing that I want you to begin to do is have a helper ring the doorbell and start running the dog to that dog cot and rewarding the dog. And what you can basically do is teach the dog, hey, when that doorbell rings, you need to go to your cot and you need to stay there. The last thing I want to tell you is that you've got to be absolutely consistent and most people give up right before the miracle happens. No, like, and I mean like so, so seriously, so many people give up right before it's going to happen. It's... It's going to feel like I've been doing this over and over and over and over again. With dogs, they are very black and white. They see in black and white, not grayscale. So what that means is when they're trying to learn a new task, it's very rare that they will learn it little pieces at a time. One day, suddenly, it just clicks. And it happens. Once it clicks, the dog is like, wait, what? This is what we are trying to do. And then I don't know if you said anything about it, Will, but I also want to bring up the 10-minute rule. Um, the 10-minute rule is extremely important here. Okay, super simple, very easy. It's for when the days that you aren't putting in the work and you are not actively giving your dog differential reinforcement. Basically, after any bit of uh, separation from your dog, whether it's been five minutes or five hours, when you come through that front door for 10 minutes, your dog does not exist, period. The only exception is if you got to let him outside to go to the bathroom. Life, limb, or eyesight, okay? Basically, you're not going to look at your dog. You're not going to say the dog's name. You're not going to pet the dog. You're not going to interact with the dog at all for 10 whole minutes. And make your guests do the exact same thing because then the dog realizes, oh, when people come inside, it's not super exciting. It's not this big extravagant event that I need to be so just drawn out about. And that alone is going to diminish their desire to jump. All right. Does that make sense? Um, is there anything else? I, I think that about covers what we need to talk about for jumping. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, Will? No, I, I think that covers that uh, pretty well there. Uh, just as you would be proactive in baiting the dog to come off of that place cot, that elevated dog cot. And if the dog does take the bait, again, just redirect the dog back there without rewarding. Right. Then distract the dog. If the dog doesn't take the bait, make sure you reward the dog. Well, you can do the same thing with jumping. You can bait the dog to jump if the dog takes the bait, turn around, don't give food. Yeah. And then bait the dog again for jumping. And if the dog doesn't jump, then give that food reward. Again, you've got to show the dog both sides of the coin. And when you're reinforcing behaviors and the dog does the right thing, you got to give it a paycheck. You got to give yeah. it a high value food reward. Now you want to practice this for about two to three minutes every single day. And if you do that every day and you're consistent, you're being proactive with it, it'll go pretty quickly. Now, I know you're concerned. I think about your mom. You don't want her getting hurt um, or she's going to have surgery or something like that. So absolutely make sure that whenever the dog's out that you supervise the dog. It's in your eyesight or you can find the dog. And when it's out right now, make sure it has a leash on it. You need to use those tools right now until you do the work, until you put in the work and you actually um, have modified uh, the behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I think this is a good opportunity for us to address a question from Judy. So Judy says, what do you do if your dog is not interested in high value treats for rewarding good behavior? She loves treats, but if there is any stimulus in her environment at all, she ignores them. I Love this question, Judy. I love it so much because the answer, the answer is right there. It's right there in the question. So the first thing that I'm going to address is what is a high value treat? Okay. A lot of people go, yeah, I go to PetSmart or Petco or insert dog store and I buy that over the counter, like chicken flavored, uh, pet botanics. That's, that's one of the big ones, the pet botanics, little training treats rewards, or I do the, uh, the chicken liver, or I get like, you know, the freeze dried chicken, which is pretty high value, but I want to take it one step further. I want you to go and get chicken breast 
or steak, or even go to Fry's or Sprouts or Walmart or insert store and get yourself a little container or a little tube of Brunschwager liver sausage. These things are so extremely valuable. It's like the tippy top most value. Now, not all dogs, their most valuable food reward isn't going to be meat, but most is going to. So the first thing we address is make sure you are using the most valuable piece of food that you can. Now, the next question you said, when there's any stimulus in her environment. Now, what I say to that is you can't compete at the Olympics until you finish regionals, okay? And you can't move on from regionals to states. You can't move on to states till you finish regionals. You can't move from state to national until you finish state. And you can't move on to the Olympics till you're done with national, right? Now, what that means is the stimulus that you are providing her during this training, during this distraction training, it's too much. If your dog is reacting, if your dog has anything more than a care, it, I mean, let me, let me reword that. If your dog does not have a care in the world, you are right. That's where she should be at, okay? Basically, if the distraction is a dog, if the distraction is um, other people, you need to create enough distance whether that is 100 feet, 200 feet, 300 feet, 50 feet, whatever the threshold is for your dog, and that's where you start doing the work. You start doing the work where your dog has not a care in the world. They are aloof. They don't even care that that stimulus is present. You get them really good at that distance, then you move them a little bit closer, and then move them a little bit further, then move them a little bit closer, a little bit further, and then closer and closer and closer and then further. And then closer, 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 and you are practicing, but at no point, if you're doing your practice and your dog starts pulling away, trying to get over to that trigger, you know, they're lunging at it, they're, they're reacting, they're barking, you're too close, too fast, and you need to slow it down and step back. People get greedy. Trainers do it. We all do it. I've done it. Will's done it. Give your dog the ability to succeed. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today. Here on Facebook Live, if you're brand new and you're just joining us, please let us know in the comments section where you are watching from. What city are you in? Also, please hit that like button. The more people comment, the more you hit the like button, the more people share this video and our page, the more Facebook um, puts this out there for people. And like we said earlier, not everybody can afford private in-home dog training. So this is our labor of love so that we can... Um, give back to the community before we go to uh, before we go to some other questions um, do you know what yesterday was uh, the 20th it was it was national rescue dog day oh yeah you know I was talking about that dog show earlier kind of joking about yeah. it but um, on the 25th Wednesday I believe it is okay. at 8 o'clock central I think yeah 8 o'clock central they're going to be having the uh, dog rescue show. Oh. And this is kind of a parody on dog shows. Yeah. And like I said, that's why yeah. I can really like it. And literally, they are having uh, categories like best in underbite, best right. in belly rubs. Um, so I, you know, I'm so excited about this dog show. Yeah. I'm, seriously, it, it's crazy. It's going to be interesting. But this is the dog show that, that I'm excited about. This, I think everybody should watch that show. I agree. I completely agree. I'm going to watch. Eight o'clock central time, I'll be watching. Um, you know, and, and you know, there's this there's this culture that gets created, you know, it, it because of things like dog shows, of, you know, and I don't want to get into this too much, but it starts to question things like, you know, the ethics behind breeding. I have a lot of friends that are in breeding. They they breed dogs and whatnot. And they all the time are talking about these other breeders that have lowered their standards because all they care about is the money going into their pocket. And I feel like one of these reasons is if I am if I'm removing some of my ethics and my morals in the way that I breed, I'm able to focus more on getting that money put into my pocket. And I think doing something like a rescue dog show, this is just the first step in the right direction of a, attacking what is the problem in unethical breeding. You know, um, but that's just my little two cents. I don't want to get too much into that because, quite frankly, I don't know enough about it to talk too much in depth about it. Do we have uh, currently, are there any questions in the comments? Oh, by the way, if you've got a question about um, your dog or puppy's behavior, doesn't matter what the problem is, doesn't matter what kind of dog you have, doesn't matter how old your dog is, we want to help you with those 
training and behavior issues. Absolutely. Type your question in the comment section so that we can help you. We have anybody um, right now waiting? No, we don't have any new questions, but what I do have, because last week, by the way, guys, sorry that I wasn't here, uh, COVID decided to enter the Bangura household. And so as a result, I couldn't be, I couldn't attend. And last week I had put out a few messages and a few posts on our page on how to, or I mean, on asking your questions, ask us your questions so that we can present them live on the air. So sadly we didn't get to do that last week, but I do have a couple questions from our viewers. They may or may not be viewing today. And I mentioned that we were going to go ahead and yeah. um, answer those questions uh, that we didn't get to last week. So let's pull those so, up. So let's see. I've got one question right here. This is from, ah, okay. We already, we already addressed that question. Let me move on to a different one. Give me a moment while I pull that up. Oh, Gloria wants to know where we can watch the rescue dog show. Um, I don't know. You'll have to check with your uh, cable provider. But again, it's Wednesday at 8 Central. Let's see. Now, I've got, a, I've got an email question here. Ah, perfect, yeah. And this one is from Rose, and Rose is in surprise. And Rose says that I've got a problem with my dog always wanting to bolt out the door anytime we open the door. Uh, ah. it doesn't matter if there's anybody on the other side of the door that just makes it worse if there is, but the dog wants to bolt and run and the dog does not come back when called. Well, there's a couple things there, Rose. One of the things is that we need to teach a boundary at the door because it is very, yeah. very dangerous. The other thing that we should consider doing is having an emergency recall, a come command. But let's talk a little bit about that boundary. One of the things that I like to do if you don't have a doormat is get either a blanket or a doormat. Get something that you can put in front of that threshold of the doorway. All that does is it gives a visual boundary that makes it a little more clear for, for the dog. And what you want to do is you want to reward the dog for having its paws not on that doormat or on the carpet or towel or whatever you have, but on the other part of the boundary. And you can coax the dog to try to move forward and actually put its feet on that mat, which we don't want. And if the dog does that, you can use your body spatial pressure to push the dog back. Don't reward the dog if it moves forward. Use your body to kind of push and block the dog back. And then try to coax the dog forward again. Now, don't be too intense to start with. Your distraction needs to be mild. You want to teach the dog what success is. When the dog doesn't try to move forward, when you're trying to bait the dog to move forward with distractions, reward the dog. You want to teach this very black and white game that, hey, when you stay behind the boundary, good things happen. You get high value food rewards. If you get on the boundary or break that boundary, you're just going to get pushed back and you're not going to get a food reward. Now, you want to spend about two to three minutes doing this every day. If you can do it two to three times a day, that's fantastic. But again, you got to be very proactive. And if your dog bolts, hey, put a leash on the dog when you first start doing this so that you have really good control. Now, once you've got that, then you want to start increasing the distractions. Maybe you've got a helper that comes over uh, that rings the doorbell and you go ahead and open that door and you keep your dog from moving forward. That's one thing. You can also teach an incompatible behavior. We talk about and I always want everybody to remember this. If there's a behavior you don't like your dog doing, what behavior would you rather have your dog do? And teach that behavior and reward it. Make that behavior worth your dog's while because the bottom line is behaviors that get reinforced and rewarded continue. Behaviors that do not get reinforced, that do not get rewarded, those extinguish, those disappear. Um, if you were listening earlier, I talked about teaching a dog to stay on an elevated dog cot. That's another good option. You know, um, we could open the door and run the dog to the cot, open the door, run the dog to the cot, open the door, run the dog to that elevated cot, reward, reward, reward. Lots of repetition, lots of consistency. Be proactive, not just reactive. All right. What else do we have? Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> 
So another question that we received. This is from Sandy from Gilbert. Okay. Okay, so Sandy says that she has a puppy about three years old, and he likes everyone except her husband. He will take treats, he will sit for him, but whenever her husband gets up from the chair, he will growl at him. If he is laying in bed with her with her and her husband, or and her husband comes down the hall, he will start growling. She says that any advice that we can give is greatly appreciated. Now, Sandy, I don't know if you're listening, um, but if not, hopefully this question will help somebody else. Now, wait, before you get yeah. into that, I want to say one thing. Yeah, absolutely. To anybody listening, if you have a dog that's aggressive, especially if the dog's a biter, please seek out professional help. Aggression is no laughing matter. People can get hurt. Um, we give you advice here, but it's not a substitute for hiring a professional when you're dealing with aggression. We don't want people to get hurt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Now, in the meantime, after you've already reached out, put out some feelers, and you know, you're trying to find a nice behavior consultant to work with, <clears throat> I recommend Phoenix Dog Training, but I uh, hear they're pretty good. Um, anyway, so, Sandy, the first thing that you're going to do is, just like with everything else, we want to develop a nice marker reward system, develop a very high-value food reward, Okay. Make sure that you've also started to regulate feeding times. We need to know when your dog is hungry, all right? So I want your dog being fed on a twice, maybe depending on the size of your dog, a three times a day schedule, okay? We need to know when your dog is and is not hungry because when your dog is hungry, that is the best time to do this training. You're going to start taking the different situations that your dog is in that your husband triggers him or triggers her. Okay, when she is growling at your husband in those situations, you need to make a list, make an actual physical list of all of these situations. And then you're going to pick the one that is the least offensive, the one that is the least triggering to your dog, the one that is the least likely to cause her to become aggressive, to growl, you know, graded on frequency, intensity, duration. And then we are going to make sure that we create distance. For example, one of the things that you said is whenever your husband goes to get up, she growls. Okay. Have your husband sit on the couch, and then you're going to put your dog on a place on the other side of the room, as far away from your husband as you can possibly make it. Then you're going to have your husband start to create the antecedents of that behavior. What happens right before he gets up? Does he put the, the footstool down on his chair? Does he put the remote down? Does he, you know, pick up his phone, put it in his pocket? Does he grab his keys? What are the antecedents to that behavior? And you're going to have him start doing that while he's sitting on the chair. And then you're going to pair that with food. Feed, 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 feed for about five to 15 seconds. High value food. As one piece of food is swallowed, the next piece goes down your dog's throat. Okay. You are literally just stuffing high value food into your dog's mouth. Then you have your husband stop. And the moment he stops, zero to half a second later, you stop feeding. And then you just sit there for five to 15 seconds. Then you do it again. You have your husband start making those little movements, feed, 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 and then stop. And you do this for about 15 minutes. And that's one training session. Okay. And as uh, people think that the goal here is for your husband to get up and to be moving as quick as possible. That's not the goal. Your husband being able to stand up quicker and being able to move faster is a side effect of the goal, okay? The goal here is teaching the game. What that means is I want your dog, as soon as your husband reaches for that lever to put down the chair, to put down his footrest on the chair, or as soon as your husband reaches to grab the remote because that's the antecedent to him getting up, right? I want your dog to see that and then boom, turn his head and look right at you for food. That is the goal, creating the pairing between the trigger and high-value food. This is called counter-conditioning, all right? Now, this is a very complex process. It's super straightforward. It really is, but it requires a professional eye to make sure that you are applying it appropriately because there are little teeny tiny nuances that you have to look out for. So this is just a very generalized bit of advice that I can give you. It still requires the help of a professional, all right? So I really hope that if you're listening, Sandy, or anybody else that has a similar issue, 
that this kind of gives you a good idea of how to move in the right direction. But please, like Will said, still reach out and find yourself a professional if you have an aggression issue. And if you do find yourself in a situation where you do need to hire a certified professional dog trainer and someone who specializes in aggression or fears or phobias, hey, give us a call. Stop by our website. You can go to phoenixdogtraining.com. Again, that's phoenixdogtraining.com, or you can call us at 602-769-1411. Again, it's 602-769-1411. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk today. If you're brand new or just joining us, what we do is we do a live Facebook show each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 where we help you deal with uh, your training and behavior problems. So if you've got a question about your dog's training, if you've got a question about your dog's behavior, uh, please go ahead and type that into the comment um, section. And uh, tell you what, you know what? Good Saturday morning. Today for Pet Talk Today, we are going to talk about a dog named Eva. A California woman says that her dog defended her from a mountain lion attack. A woman who was attacked by a mountain lion in Northern California says that her dog jumped to her defense and was badly wounded in protecting her. Something's wrong with our stream. Wilson, 24, drove to the Trinity River on Monday to take an afternoon stroll with Eva, her two-and-a-half-year-old Belgian Malinois. Wilson was on a path with Eva a few yards ahead when a mountain lion lunged and swiped at her, scratching Wilson's left shoulder through her jacket. She then yelled for her dog, and her dog came running, and she attacked that dog really hard, according to Wilson. The dog, who weighed only 55 pounds, was outclassed by the cougar, but battled it fiercely. They fought for a couple seconds, and that's when, sadly, Ava started crying. The cougar had the dog by her head in her mouth and would not let go. Wilson, in a frantic, frantic attempt to save her dog, started attacking this cougar with rocks, sticks, and her fists. She was trying to choke it. She was even trying to gouge this mountain lion's eyes out. Good job, Wilson. That is insane. The cat tried to kick her off scratching her with her back paws. Wilson said she then ran back to her pickup truck to grab a tire iron and flag down some help. She managed to get somebody, a a passerby, to stop. Her name was Sharon Houston, who grabbed a nice length of PVC and her handy-dandy pepper spray. Together, these women began beating this mountain lion, trying to save Ava, the Belgian Malinois. Again, two-and-a-half-year-old, 55-pound Mal. Houston finally sprayed the animal with the pepper spray and it fled. Wilson was treated for non-life-threatening scratches, scrapes, and bruises. Wilson's husband, Connor, says that Ava sadly has two skull fractures, a punctured sinus cavity, and severe damage to her left eye. The dog had a few seizures on the drive to the vet, but is stabilized overnight. Praise whatever you believe in. That is fantastic. Hopefully, Ava will make it through this. We are hoping that she will pull through this, Kenny writes. And she is a fighter. The dog was in a guarded condition, according to the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. Wildlife officers have collected samples from the wounds, and they are actively looking for this mountain lion. They are attempting to capture this mountain lion. And, you know, sadly, in these events, when we have mountain lions that attack humans, which is a very rare case... Uh, When these mountain lions are captured, apparently they usually get put down. Um, And, you know, that's a sad day when any animal has to lose its life. But, man, let's just give it up for Ava, the Belgian Malinois, two and a half years old, that with absolutely no training to do so, came to the rescue of Wilson. And quite frankly, her owner may not have lived to tell this tale if it wasn't for her dog. Good job, Ava. I am so so happy that is amazing that is a very heartwarming story hopefully she can pull through well ladies and gentlemen uh we had some technical difficulties there where we lost our facebook feed so um if you're just joining us again apologize for that 
Um, I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk today here on Facebook Live. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 until 10 a.m., and what we do is we take your questions and answer your dog training and behavior questions. If you've got a dog or a puppy that has a behavior problem, doesn't matter what kind of problem, doesn't matter how old your dog is or what kind of dog you have, please type your questions into the comments section, and we'll do our best to um, answer those. Do we have anybody in the comments section right now? I know we lost our feed, so we may have yeah, lost yeah, some we viewers. Did, we, did, we did lose our feed, but our viewers are actually feeding back in. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for coming back. Hey, folks, back. If, if, uh, please, right now, like our stream, uh, comment in the comments, and share the stream and page uh, to your page, please. Uh, that way more people can benefit from this. Um, not everybody can afford private in-home training. And so this is how we give back to uh, the, the community. Absolutely. We love what we do. And again, in addition to liking and sharing the stream, please bear with us over the next couple of weeks as we have officially transitioned into our own studio. As you can see, this is us. This is our in-home studio. And we do have a couple kinks that we're working out. So if there's any issues with the stream, please do not hesitate to inform us in the comments because your feedback is how we are going to make this stream perfect for y'all. Okay. We don't know what's going on on your end. So please keep us informed. All right. Now back to what we were talking about. Um, we don't have any questions in, in the comments right now, but for those of you that missed it, sadly, we did just do pet talk today. And you mean in, pet talk news? Or yeah, pet <laughs> pet talk news. Um, and today we were talking about Eva, a two and a half year old Belgian Malinois that saved her owner from a mountain lion attack. This woman in Northern California went on a walk, went on a hike, and Ava, her Mal, came to her rescue when this mountain lion jumped from the woods and started attacking her owner. Ava fought very bravely, and. Through all these struggles, this woman managed to flag down some help, and they together beat this mountain lion off and sprayed it with pepper spray. Sadly, Ava is currently in a stable but still critical condition with multiple fractures to her skull because the mountain lion was tossing the dog around by her head, and the dog has damage to her left eye, a few fractures, and it is a, it is a sad but also heartwarming story to hear of when four-legged friend comes to the rescue and turns into hero. Thank you, Ava, for what you do. You are just a reminder of exactly why I love my dogs every single day. I'm wishing for a swift recovery for Ava. That is a very fantastic story. That is a great story. It looks like we've got a email question, uh-huh. and this is from Steve in Peoria. And Steve says, I've got a dog that won't stop barking. And whenever I leave to go to work, I'm getting complaints from my neighbors and the HOA that my dog uh-huh. continues to bark and bark and bark. Um, I'm facing some fines and also animal care and control was called to come out. What can I do? I need help. You want to take that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So look, when you have a dog that is just barking all the time, when you are not around, the first thing that we need to do is with any type of issue like this, we have to look at the dog's environment. Okay, we have to change the dog's environment. That is step number one. All right, so let's make your dog's comfort when you're not around increased. So if your dog doesn't have a peanut allergy, I want you to go ahead and get yourself a couple of Kongs. If you don't know what a Kong is, it's this rubber toy. About yay big. It looks like a snowman, okay? It's got a big section, little smaller middle section, and an even smaller top section. It's got a hole in the bottom and in the top. Take that Kong, stuff it full with peanut butter. Make a few of these, like two or three of them. Throw them into the freezer. Let them freeze completely. Right before you leave, give your dog that Kong with peanut butter. It is going to give them something to do for a very, very long time, okay? And additionally, it's going to make the separation from you a lot more positive. Typically speaking, when you have this type of nuisance barking issue whenever you're gone, but it's not occurring when you're home, this is a separation anxiety problem. So this is when we start to implement our separation anxiety protocol, okay? Now, 
what you're going to do is you're going to firstly get rid of all antecedents to your departure. All right. The arrival and departure has to be boring. The whole thing is boring for your dog, for you, for everybody involved. Okay. Because separation anxiety is just arousal. All right. The first thing you're going to do is we're going to have our dog inside and then you're just going to walk out the front door. Just walk out the front door for just a second and you're going to come right back. Now, when you come back, I don't want you to reward your dog. I don't want you to pet your dog. I don't want you to praise your dog. You're just going to, it's boring completely boring. This is showing your dog that leaving and arriving is not an exciting event. Okay. Additionally, it's showing your dog that you're going to come back and then you're going to do it again. Walk out the front door for a second, come right back, do it again and again, then maybe for a couple of seconds and then come back. Now, here's the important part. As we are growing the length of time that we are outside of that door, it is extremely important. This is arguably the most important part that you do not create a pattern of growth. Your dog lives on patterns. If your dog starts to feel that every time you walk out that door, you're gonna be gone longer, that is going to create anxiety, okay? Your dog is suddenly gonna go, I don't want want them to leave because I don't know how long they're gonna be gone next time. So you have to make it random. Let's say at this point in training, where I'm at today, I am at 10 minutes where I can be away from my dog, right? Well, that's just your limit, for the session. Throughout that training session, I want you to be gone for 10 minutes, then maybe 30 seconds, then maybe five minutes, then maybe 10 seconds, then maybe one second, then maybe 10, then maybe 45, then maybe two minutes, then 10 minutes, then three seconds, and vary it up so that your dog has absolutely no idea how long you are gone, okay? Now, what we're gonna do after that, after you've been working on the separation anxiety protocol, we are then going to start teaching our dog to bark and not bark on command, all right? Now, this process, relatively simple. You're gonna get your dog nice and hyped up, get some high-value food, start antagonizing them a little bit, get them to bark. As soon as they bark, boom, reward them. Do it again, get them to bark, boom, reward them. Get them to bark, reward them. Get them to bark, reward them. When your dog really starts getting the idea of this, that's when you're gonna label it, speak. As soon as your dog barks, speak and reward. Speak, mark, reward. Speak, mark, reward. And now we're putting on cue your dog's barking. This alone is going to make your dog start barking less outside of training because they're not going to want to continue rehearsing a behavior like that when they're not getting paid for it. Okay. Um, So now that we've gotten your dog to bark on command, right? The next thing that you are going to do is you're going to start working on being quiet on command. Now, What you'll do is the exact same process. Tell your dog, speak, and then as soon as they bark, reward them. Then, when they're not barking, bark and reward again. Get them to start barking. Then when they stop barking, after you've rewarded them for barking on command, reward them again when they stop barking. Once your dog starts to get this process of, I speak, mom pays me, mom or dad pays me, I stop barking, mom or dad pays me again. Then you're going to start labeling that behavior, okay? So now we've got the dog barking and being quiet, and I'm going to go quiet, and my dog is not barking, I reward. Speak, dog barks, quiet, dog stops barking, I reward. Speak, dog barks, quiet, dog stops barking, I reward. And it looks like Will has something to say. Well, I just want to say that just to clarify, we're not asking for the behavior yet. Right. We are creating the behavior. We're doing something to make the dog bark. And of course, every dog stops. They don't bark forever. Right. But we're capturing those behaviors. We're labeling those behaviors. We're rewarding those behaviors because we've got to create vocabulary. Absolutely. And a repertoire of behaviors. Absolutely. And hello, Carol, by the way. Hello. I see your, I see your hello in our uh, comment section. Please ask any questions that you may have about your dogs or animals in general. Yes, dogs are our specialty, but it's called Pet Talk Today. So we're willing to answer. I've answered questions about horses. So we will do our best. Don't worry. We don't try and do things or answer questions that we don't know the answer to. We, we are not in the business of pretending to know things we don't. Now, after you have gotten your dog barking and being quiet on command, this is where you're going to start extending the requirement. So maybe walk out the door. Walk out the door. Wait for your dog to bark. 
give a good quiet. And if your dog responds, right, we immediately, boom, we reward them. Another thing you could invest in is a Furbo. It is a wireless with a camera built-in machine that can reward your dog from a distance, okay? And I think some Furbos, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, I think that some Furbos do include a uh, microphone feature, right, with a speaker? The f- There's a smart app that uh-huh. goes with the Furbo, okay. and you can talk to the dog through the app, so there's a... Um, microphone. Perfect. Um, well, actually, th- there's a speaker. Perfect. And there is a microphone. So I think you can hear the dogs, what's going on as perfect, well. Perfect. Perfect. So what you can start doing, right? Now that we have this speaker, what I want you to do is maybe have another individual in the room with your dog. Get them to start barking. And then you, through the app from a different room, say, quiet. Your dog stops barking. And then, boom, press that button from the Furbo, or have the other individual in the room reward them, you know, and we start rewarding them at a distance. We start teaching them that the command can come. Well, I apologize. The politically correct term is Q, that the Q can come from the Furbo, okay? Once your dog starts getting the idea that this Furbo machine, this thing that spits out treats can also give me cues, now we extend it even further, I step outside, I go outside of the home, I make the dog think that I've left, but I'm watching my dog, I'm listening for my dog. I tell them quiet, when they start barking, they stop barking, I reward them through the Furbo. Now, this is just showing them that they can be quiet on command. Now, after your dog starts getting rewarded for being quiet, he's going to want to start to be quiet more often, and that is when we just start rewarding him randomly not saying anything besides maybe a marker and spitting out a treat when your dog is being quiet and not barking do this often when you're not home and your dog's being quiet not barking and we're rewarding that behavior this is a slow process i'm not gonna lie anything that is being done without you being physically in front of your dog is going to take time you have to be patient you have to be consistent and you have to be ready to feel frustrated Okay, it is going to be slow because the first step is positive reinforcement. Well, technically, that's step three, but um, the first step after you've altered the environment is positive reinforcement. You got to try that for a while, help make it as good learning and positive as you possibly can before we start moving into other training methods. Okay, and that's where we start. All right. I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk today here on Facebook Live. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 until 10 a.m. Let me talk, if you're just joining us, let me talk about how this works. If you've got a question about your dog or your puppy's training or behavior problems, you type your question into the comment section. Then Jordan and myself, who are nationally certified professional dog trainers and behavior specialists, will do our best to help you come up with solutions, how you can put an end to these dog and puppy problems. So if you've got a question, go ahead and type that question into the comment section. If you're watching, please, in the comment section, say hello. Let us know where you're watching from, what city. And also, please hit that like button. That allows Facebook to show our videos and our Facebook Live to more and more people. Share our page. Share this video. We appreciate uh, all of your support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please like and share. We, we love doing this. We absolutely, this is our passion, but there, the point of this is so that we can put out information. Like Will said, not everybody can afford a professional dog trainer. So this is our way of giving the most professional advice from the professionals direct to the community. And if we don't have people watching, we don't have people enjoying the stream, asking their questions, then this is all for nothing. So please like and share, like and share the stream and get our name out there. Show people, show your friends. Now, um, looks like we don't have many questions. Oh, actually, actually, I do in fact have another email question that just came in. So this question, this is actually all the way from Chicago, from Bill. Okay, Bill wants to know, when he takes his dog out on walks, his dog is usually fantastic at walking on the leash. However, comma, whenever there is another dog or a person, his dog goes psycho crazy, wants to get over and play, and apparently acts like he has absolutely no training. How does he fix this? 
Let me tell you something, guys. Loose leash walking. It is mechanically the most difficult thing I'm going to teach you how to do, okay? But it is so simple and straightforward. And when I say mechanically, I mean there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of steps that you have to make sure that you are doing all at once. Right? You know, I always tell people it's yeah. like it's like a dance. Yeah, it because really is. you've got a dance partner and yeah. you're moving. And what happens is when you first start that, yeah. It's like you've got two left paws. Absolutely. <laughs> two left paws. That's right. And believe you me, the two left paws that we're talking about are not your dogs. Okay? It's you. I promise you it's you. Because the way that we set this up, if you're doing it right, your dog is going to follow right next to you. I promise you. I surprise so many people. They say, my dog is so terrible on the leash. And I say to them, give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. I don't even need to say a word to your dog. I promise you, by the time you're done, your dog's going to be walking well. So what the basic idea here is, you first need to start teaching your dog, just like that other question we had about distractions and stimuli in the environment, without any distractions present. The best, most important thing here is turns, lots and lots of turns. Get yourself a 30-foot piece of sidewalk, and you will not need to go outside of that. Every nine to 12 steps, you're going to make a turn whether your dog is walking well or not. Now, the next thing, you're going to set your standard. My standard is that the dog's head does not pass my thigh, okay? Whatever your standard is for where your dog is going to walk, the moment that they pass it, and I mean the instant that they break that standard, you're going to turn around and walk the other direction, while simultaneously tug-release, tug-release on that leash in the direction that you want the dog to move. Once your dog starts moving towards you and moving with you, you verbally praise your dog. Let them know they're doing the right thing, okay? When your dog is looking up at you, verbally praise them. When your dog is walking right next to you, verbally praise them. And then again, if your dog gets in front of you, turn around, go the other way. If your dog gets distracted, turn around, go the other way. If your dog slows down, speed up. If your dog speeds up, turn around. Your dog goes left, you go right. You are teaching your dog to take every cue off of you. All right. Once you get your dog to where they are just walking with you and there's nothing going on around them, they are next to you, they're focused on you, they're doing great, that's when we start to introduce distractions. And just like with that dog that was having issues taking food whenever stimuli is in the environment, you got to start at a distance. What distance? That's a fantastic question. Well, the distance here is whatever distance your dog needs to be aloof, not a care in the world about the distraction. That's where you start. Whether that's 50 feet, 10 feet, or 500 feet, your dog makes the decision, and that's where you start. So we go to the dog park, and you walk outside of the fence 150 feet away if that's what your dog needs, and that's where you start the work. And as your dog is doing really, really good, and we perfect 150 feet, maybe I move up to 145. Maybe I move up to 149. Maybe I move up to 130. Your dog really de- decides that, okay? And you slowly close the distance. I hope that really helps you, Bill. At the end of the day, it's just about repetition. Will loves to say, one of his favorite things, and I started saying it, is practice makes what? Practice makes permanence. Permanence. There's exactly. no such thing as perfect, but the more you practice, the more it gets conditioned, the more you have permanence of behavior. And one of the things that I like to tell people when they're working on teaching their dog to walk on a loose leash is in the beginning, it's not about going for a walk. In the beginning, it's about changing direction to teach the dog to follow you. No, that's the truth. A lot of my clients, well, actually one of my clients specifically, he said to me when I was teaching him loose leash walking, he goes, but I'm a marathon runner and I take my dog on like five mile walks every day. And I said, you can still do that. And he was like, but you just told me that it's not about taking them on a walk, it's about making the turns. And I said, yeah, what's five miles divided by 30 feet? Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, are you serious? And I was like, oh, I'm very serious. Absolutely. You know, and, and eventually this turns into a walk. Absolutely. It does eventually. 
you know, but the thing about it is the biggest mistake that most people are making is they put a leash on the dog, they go outside, the dog's pulling them all over the place, right. and they just keep trying to pull the dog Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Oppositional reflex. Yeah. And so, it's just this tug of war between exactly. you and the dog. Here, let me let me see. Like, hold, grab my hand. When I go to shake your hand, if I start pulling on you, you pull back. Right. Plain and simple. That's oppositional reflex, right? Absolutely. Your dog has an even higher oppositional reflex than we do as humans. So when you want your dog to move in the direction with you, you can't just pull on that leash. It has to be quick, not hard, but sharp tug release, tug release, tug release. You're literally pulling the dog towards you, moving the leash towards them. That way, that opposition, that pressure immediately turns off. Doesn't give them time to turn the brakes on, okay? So it's so important that when you want your dog to move, tug release, tug release. And this is not just for loose leash walking. This is for everything. The other thing that I like to tell people is that you've got to be more interesting than everything in your environment. Listen, if every time your dog sees a dog, you let your dog go crazy and run up to that dog and and just... I mean, I I realize it's fun to watch your dog have fun, but if you let your dog be a maniac every time it sees a dog, well, when you get out on a walk and it sees a dog, your dog's going to be a maniac. If you let your dog get excited and go crazy every single time that your dog sees a person... Well, guess what? Every time your dog sees a person, that's the behavior that you're going to get. So again, a big part of it is making sure that you are more interesting than everything in the environment. I want all good things. I want everything that's fun. I want that to come from me. I don't want other dogs being more fun than I am with my dog. I don't want other people being more fun with my dog than I am. Because then when I want to get my dog's attention, I can't get my dog's attention. No, exactly. And here's the thing. Good loose leash walking and the way that we teach it, it's about teaching your dog to take cues off of you. This is about benevolent pack leadership. We are caring. We are kind. We love our dogs, but we are in charge. Tell you what, do us a favor. We have a handout on pack leadership that's paired with a 45-minute podcast of me going over all of the pack leadership steps, which will help every single dog owner, I promise you. If you are interested in that pack leadership handout, do me a favor right here, right now, go on and open up your messenger, click go to my page and click send message on the Pet Talk Today page and just send me a message that says hashtag pack leadership. Or you can email us at info at pettalktoday.com. Again, put in the subject line, pack leadership, and then just let us know that you want that handout and we will get you a copy of that emailed to you, sent to you, send you the link, read those 12 steps, listen to that Spotify podcast because it's a 45 minute in-depth instructions on how to be benevolent leaders of your dogs. And if you're a first-time viewer or you're new, this is Pet Talk Today. Jordan and myself are nationally certified professional dog trainers. We also specialize in the most difficult behaviors, severe separation anxiety, fears, phobias, aggression. If you've got a problem with your dog's behavior, please let us know. We're here each and every Saturday morning, again, from 9 to 10 a.m. Not everybody can afford dog training, so we are here to help those people that can't afford dog training. So do us a favor, like our page, um, like this post, share this post, share this video on your page so that we can help more people uh, to be able to get the kind of help that they need with their dog. Absolutely. And then do us one more thing. Go ahead. And if there's another time of the week, another date, another day, another time that you think is beautiful for you to watch our shows, let us know. This is your show. Yeah, we're just here to run. We're just here to keep the lights on and put out the information, but this is your show. Let us know what times you want to see and hear from us because we now have complete customization ability for our show. We want to make it work for y'all. We used to be, for those of you that have been watching for a while, you know this, um, those that are new, we used to uh, broadcast on 1100 KFNX radio, AM radio, and we did the Facebook live, but now um, we want more control over what we can say, the content that we can provide, and have more time to be able to help you with whatever dog and puppy training and behavior issues that you have. Well, we are just about out of time here. 
It has been another great show. Sorry Fantastic. for the technical difficulties yeah, that we had, yeah. but we're working out some kinks. Anyway, make sure that you tell your friends, your family, your dog-loving people in your life. Tell them about Pet Talk today. Please share our page. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next Saturday. <laughs>